Welcome to my podcast, Today's Dream, Tomorrow's Reality. My name is Vicki Poole. I'm a life coach, health coach, and hypnotist at The Enlightened Peach. And this podcast is all about embracing our mosaic life. And some of you may ask, what is a mosaic life? Well, it's recognizing that all the pieces of our life, the good, the bad, the indifferent, have all come together to make us who we are. Change any one thing and we are different. With that in mind, I invite you to embrace your perceived imperfections and celebrate who you are. This podcast is unedited and raw, just like life. I will be your host and we'll have special guests from time to time. As a matter of fact, I have a wonderful guest um, for you today. Um, but if you have any ahas or questions, please leave a comment or a voice message. So now, Let's get started. So I'm going to introduce you to George. And right now I'm looking for his bio that I have on here so I can read it to you. But George and I have known each other for just a little while. Um, we've actually never met in person, but we both went to the Health Coach Institute, which um, I've talked about before on other podcasts. So I'm going to go ahead and read you his bio and then we'll get started. So um, George, and is it? Cordoba? Yes, that's Cordoba? correct. Okay. And you've got an S at the end. So is it George or George's? It's it's actually George's. George's. Okay. So when I thought, okay. So um George's is a stage four melanoma with mest metastasis in the brain cancer survivor. Let me move this so I can get to it a little bit easier. He fought the disease for 10 years and had 10 surgeries. Pharmaceuticals nearly destroyed his body, so he took the natural holistic route to heal himself, and he's here with us today because of that. This July 12th will be his 11th year free of cancer. Wow, what an amazing thing. He became a holistic transformational health and life coach, functional nutritionist, professional speaker, a Reiki teacher. And he's also an author. I actually have his book here today and he's had an update on it. So he'll share that with you too. He is completing his rapid transformational therapist diploma letter later this year to add value to his clients. And George says, I now see my experience as a blessing because it gave me a chance to sing the song I was born to sing. Six years ago, he transitions from being a chief technology officer to working with people with cancer or the threat of recurrence. He helps them transform their health and vitality. George's is an Amazon best-selling author for the book, Beating the Odds, about his holistic journey to conquer advanced cancer. And we'll share um, in our comments um, afterwards, we will, I'll share in the written part, all of his contact information. And then, um, and he will tell you a little bit about how to get in touch with him. So we had actually jumped on here just a few minutes before we were going to go live. And um, we were having a conversation. I said, wait, 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 wait. This is gold here. Let's don't let them all not get this information. So we decided we would just go ahead and hit record and start over. So George's, it is amazing to have you here. It has been I don't even know how many years ago I did a live with you as interviewing you on Facebook. I was sitting out in my garden and doing all that and um, things. Do you know how many years ago that's been? 
Yeah, it's uh, almost six years. Almost six almost years. Six okay. Years. Yeah. I knew it had been a while. I still am on your email list. I still reach out mm -hmm. from time to time to see how you are and check out your, your pages to see what's mm -hmm. going on with you. Um, but I'm so, so excited to be able to get together with you today and share this experience with all the viewers because um, your story is so, so inspirational. So I'll ask you again for everybody's benefit. Tell me a little bit about your life before your cancer diagnosis and tell me how the diagnosis came about. So sure. it's all on you now. <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm honored and uh, to touch base with you again. And uh, yeah, um, before my diagnosis, I was um, all over the place in, in terms of uh, I'm a competitive person. I, I grew up playing tennis. That's how I actually ended up in the United States. I played uh, NCAA tennis with a full scholarship. Mm -hmm. And I'm where are you from? from? I'm from Venezuela. Uh, okay. I was born in Venezuela from okay. uh, a Greek and Spanish from Madrid uh, parents. They, they migrated to Venezuela after World War II. And so, so I was born in Venezuela, and uh, my dad was a tennis um, a star. He played Davis Cup, and so I followed the, I followed him, and I ended up being a, a pretty good player enough, good enough to do my engineering degree for free in the United States, nice. playing for for the uh, New Mexico State uh, Aggies and NCAA. So that tells you a little bit of how I started. Uh, you know, getting sick with with melanoma because I in Venezuela, I my parents said that we learned my sister and I learned how to swim before how to, we learned how to walk. It was always in the sun and the beach in the sixties and and seventies. And uh, let's face it, nobody uh, used sunscreen back then. Right, no None. one actually. <laughs> you were you were hoping to find ways to to get a better time. I know. You know what? I'll share real quick. When I was a teenager. I would lay out in the sun with baby oil on me just to really get those rays coming in, exactly. you know? <laughs> exactly. So, but anyway, um, I, I started progressing in my career and uh, we were blessed with five children. We have four boys, well, four adults now and a, and a lady that the, the youngest is going to be 30, Claudia. And, uh, at the, in the midst of all that, taking care of five kids, I was working on my MBA in, at the University of Miami in Coral Gables. And uh, on top of that, I, you know, taking the kids to camping, uh, camping out with them, just going out for camping trips, uh, put them in sports, taking them all over the place, doing my MBA, trying to run marathons. And... Uh, I think the good Lord at one point and, and always, always had the sun. I'm, a, I'm an outside person. And so I think at one point the good Lord said, Hey, George, just stop. You know, this is not the way. And uh, I had become, by, by the time I was sick, I was a CTO. I, I moved all the way up to becoming an executive in technology for a startup company. And, uh, but, well, that's, uh, and right before, uh, a year and a half before I, I, I was diagnosed, my dear mother was diagnosed with cancer, lung cancer, but she was a smoker and she, she was 17 years old. So in a way she looked for it. And uh, But the whole experience was very emotional. 
us from the uh, Mediterranean are very emotional people anyway, to start with. And I was very close to my mother. And uh, just that experience created a lot of stress on me. Uh, they were in Venezuela. I was already here in the United States. I had to travel, like I told you before, monthly. And then as things were progressing, I was actually going weekly. And that's so not only scary. is that a time, um, it is also a very financially draining place yes. to be, I would assume, because not many people would be able to afford to do these monthly, then weekly flights mm -hmm. um, for that kind of thing. How often, yeah. how long were you able to stay or did you go and just stay a day and then come back? How did that work? No, I would go, I would go like on a Monday and re mm -hmm. return on a Friday, sometimes mm -hmm. Saturdays or Monday to Monday. And yes, and even though both my wife and I were doing very well with our careers, uh, five kids, you know, it, it, it was a load. And, and um, so she passed in July, in July of 2002. And I was diagnosed August 2002. Mm. Um, and um, I couldn't even mourn, mourn my mother because all of a sudden I, I, I got this news and nobody wants to hear that they have cancer. Mm -hmm. we'll the C word is a very little. bad word. <laughs> yes. And plus, like I say in the book, people see cancer as a, you know, like a bold letters and uppercase. You know, this is, it, it's it's really a dangerous thing. It's going to take your life. Mm -hmm. and, and so and, and we'll, we'll touch that. But that's how um, I, I, I got sick. I was... Uh, uh, diagnosed with malignant melanoma where and was it at first the first one was right on top of my scalp and i have long hair like i said i used to play tennis surf i was a, a sun person mm -hmm. and um and so they yeah i was lucky by the way i was at the pool with the kids and uh and you know for a few days i was scratching my my head and and it was a sunday i i asked my wife if she could check it out because i was bleeding a little bit and she looked at it and because of the kids she was taking them once a year we you know miami has a lot of sun there once a year to the dermatologist so she told me georges this is doesn't look good uh yeah. so i'm gonna call tomorrow and see if we you can see the doctor kids doctor she also saw uh adults and um so they told her that there was no on monday they told her there was no uh openings until like four four weeks and so she said to the to the uh, assistant look this doesn't look good if you have an opening please let us know and um it was amazing because on tuesday afternoon she called and she had an opening Wednesday morning, and that was key because melanoma is very aggressive, and especially in those days. This was in 2002. There was no immune therapy, none, none of that. And so, so we went. We went uh, Monday, uh, Wednesday morning, and she looked at me, and uh, she had some resident students there. And once she saw my stuff, she said, would you mind that we bring the students here? So I knew, oh, man, this is not good. <laughs> and it wasn't. The next day on Thursday, I was in my office. Uh, like I say, I was already up in the ladder a little bit with technology. You know, so were you feeling phone. any anything, but it was just on your scalp, right? And you yeah, I, really, it I, I didn't. Just, you didn't feel bad other than it was itching, correct? It was itching. That's it. Yeah. 
And that's interesting that you say, because I read a book from a cancer survivor. Uh, she says, you're not, the day you're diagnosed, you're not sicker than two days before. It's just a mental thing that, oh my goodness, I'm diagnosed now. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to deal with that, you know, you can just very quickly go down, down. The oh field. yeah. I, I've seen it with um, people that I've known. They get mm-hmm. diagnosed with cancer. And as soon as they do, all of a sudden they're seeming frail. They're, mm-hmm. they're not feeling good. And they're, yeah. it's like the fear is just kind of washed all over them and just taken over. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and so again, and in my, in my family though, I, I grew up, I lost my maternal grandfather when I was five and I can remember perfectly the Greek gra- grandfather from colon cancer. And then mm-hmm. we lost, uh, I lost my godmother from colon cancer as well. And then an uncle, my, my godfather, we were, we're Christian Catholics and, um, and so forth. And it was like that when, when I looked on my family landscape and I started to fear actually the disease and uh, yeah. we'll, we could talk about the power of the mind either way, when you really, what you think and what you see is what you're going to get. The mind works with the body to make it happen. Yeah. Which by the end, at the at the end, actually helped me survive, and I'll tell you in a second. But um, so, so I just you know it was a roller coaster. In the beginning, I couldn't believe it. Uh, my mother was just just passed three weeks ago. Uh, what are the kids gonna say? My my kids were fifteen, uh, twelve. The twins. We have twin boys. They were ten, and Claudia was seven. And uh, so you know, I was also struggling with that do i tell him do i don't tell him um and i decided that i would because i wanted to be open and and have all the support i could have i did that also with my colleagues my friends family and that ended up being very powerful if if anybody that is listening now is a caregiver from 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 a relative or are going through the disease open up mm-hmm. open up when we know you know remorse just open up and open your heart to get all this love that is ready to be given to you be surprised yeah Yeah, love is much more healing than smothering everything in yeah absolutely vicky and so so yeah that's that's how the whole thing started um i had a a surgery that the first one was this but they did a biopsy they call it's called the sentinental uh biopsy which is uh they put some chemical uh, 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 solution that goes, they put it right up on my scalp and they, they checked out uh, radioactive, of course. They checked out where it was uh, draining more. Just in oh, other okay. words to say, well, we suspect that maybe it went to the left, to the right. So it <laughs> went to my to my right. And, um, and, the, and, and also they did a biopsy by my ear in the top of my ear and they came positive. So they decided to do uh, what they call a, a, a retraction of 23 lymph nodes. And uh, there were three that they couldn't get to. So they decided to remove a muscle, a neck muscle. Um, and uh, it, it turned out that those three were positive. But so that was also, I was so grateful that these guys were aggressive, the, the surgeons. And uh, and then that was it. I, they, they put me on chemo. And four months later, uh, it started manifesting on my left ear. 
and they did a biopsy and it was positive. So they did another retraction of 22 uh, lymph nodes and two of them, they didn't have to remove any, thank God, any, any other muscles, but they were two positive. So um, one of the things that was uh, amazing with me, uh, obviously as an athlete, I played, as I said, I was always in very good shape. Um, and uh, I think that helped me a lot, even mm -hmm. on the healing process. They put a catheter for me to, to drain lymphatic fluid. And I had no problem with that, no infections. So everything went well. They changed the chemo to another form of chemo. It was actually interfering. Mind you, uh, medicine, uh, it's really a trial and error science, still is. And so, you know, without really happening in, on purpose, you become a, 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 guinea, a guinea pig. pig. You know, they're just trying stuff. And uh, so... You know, I was like six months in, into that. And, it, you know, and uh, again, it appeared. And uh, so they had to remove. The third actually, time, a third time, you mean? A, that was a, on the third time. Okay. I, actually, what happened is they, that didn't work, by the way, in terms of how, how, uh, how I was feeling. So they had to do another removal uh, on my scalp. In the, in the same spot, it happened again. And so that was the third surgery. I ended up having 10 surgeries in 10 years, fighting this this uh, uh, battle. I uh, So anyway, I had that. And myself, I just started looking. The You know, in 2002, there were, Google was pretty, it was growing. So there was good information already online. And I found out that there was a, treatment that was more almost immune okay and uh it was all about making your immune system stronger called cmgsf and um i had to actually so the doctor said because i had to promote actually and this is something that is very important when we hire remember we hire the doctor that we like, and maybe it's like any other business. Uh, I like this doctor, I trust him. And so I went to him and said, look, have you heard of this? And so, yeah, they, they're just almost, they're, they're just about to be FDA approved. And, uh, but I think I can put you in, please let's try that. So I went a whole year with CMGSF uh, injecting myself. I would have to do, uh, you know, uh, I would shot myself with this, this, medicine around uh it was skin uh, under the skin and so i had to do that for 15 days so i would i would rotate from my stomach my you know and right by my thighs at 15 days and i would i would rest 15 days and i uh then again 15 days for a year each shot was a thousand dollars by the way thank god i had some you know you thought you were talking about finances for us, it, it really became like a financial tsunami. It just hit us. I couldn't work for a while, for a good while. And so we decided to just drop down our lifestyle almost, I mean, just more than 50% enough that we could still, you know, take care of everything else. Uh, so um, so after I finished that and during the, uh, this treatment, I, I was what they call in remission. 
And I was actually another year and a half after that in remission. And that's when uh, uh, one one morning I started stuttering, getting headaches. Uh, my wife would, uh, would, you know, I would go to brush my teeth and, I, you know, get that toothpaste. And, and all of a sudden I would leave the, the bathroom and she would go and say, George, I forgot to brush it. You know, it's like I was doing stuff that were not normal. And one day she heard me talking to a client. I was still in the technology side and consulting um, the uh, an executive from a client um, in Spanish, and he's completely Anglo. He he, <laughs> you know, from New Jersey. <laughs> so so Don, Don was like, okay, uh, okay, George, and I. So that's when my my wife said something's, something's wrong. Up. Yeah, what? Why? <laughs> Well, you were talking to Don Smith in Spanish. He doesn't have no a word in, in Spanish. And so are you okay? And then I said, yeah, it, this was sporadic. The next morning I felt good. I took my car. I went to a client. We had a meeting. My, my employees were there too in Miami, downtown Miami. And we were there. We went to lunch. And all of a sudden we started lunch and uh, I lost it. They all of us, it was almost like a dream. And they were, hey, George, George, are you okay? And I, everybody has finished. I had all my food. Uh, I said, so it was yeah, like you I'm just okay. kind of blacked out and you were just I, there? I kind of blacked out. And okay. so we they we went back with pay. I didn't eat anything. And they made sure we crossed the street and we were in downtown. I was in the middle. And then as we were going up this, the elevator, I lost my vision. Momentaneously, oh, wow. I, I just lost it. I don't know how long. And I just hold things and, and, and grab one of the clients and they, and they held my hand. And said, oh, that okay? had to be so, scary as hell. Yes, it was. And so, um, you know, it came back and they they said, uh, is your wife in, in, in town? We need to contact her. And said, no, I'm fine. So they did. And actually, um, so my wife said, don't let him leave. Actually, ask him to give you the keys from the car. I'm going to take the the metro uh, rail and I'm going to take him straight to, the, straight to the hospital. He's been already two weeks with a lot of, you know, stuff that uh, they're not normal. So she came and picked me up. We left the car in, in the garage and uh, we went to see my oncologist and I started answering stuff in Spanish again. They asked me who the president was at the moment. Was uh, it was Bush? Bush, uh, uh, not senior, and um, and and I said Ronald Reagan. Oh <laughs> gosh, who's the president right now? Is Ronald Reagan? And, and and I remember clearly they both seeing each other, and he said, "Well, you staying here? We're gonna do some tests," and that was it. I had my first craniotomy. It was in the front lung lobe and he had uh it was almost like a small lime it was pretty big by the time i, I was just like i say i was losing i was stuttering uh, and so i that was my first craniotomy and my fourth surgery and then i had three more craniotomies through the the years i mean i would i would accept because for us what is the mind goes to what is familiar to us. And for what for all of us, what's familiar is to go 
see an oncologist, somebody that has a white coat and, and, and give our power to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second. And so I, they said, George, after that, it was an, a, a successful, whoops, thank God for the neurologists and, and the team that they had in the University of Miami. It's uh, the Sylvester Cancer Center. I, I love those guys. And uh, if, if it wasn't for them, I, we, you and I would not be talking. But what was not working for me was all this pharmaceutical stuff. It was just not working. I would they would do a surgery, thank God, then treatment, remission, surgery, treatment, remission. And on year seven, on this of this, uh, after three craniotomies, and there were two tumors that were not operable, and and they were sort of growing slowly, but they were growing in in the back lobe, and. Um, that's all, and they gave me this chem- chemo that uh, supposedly was able to penetrate the brain. The brain is very, very, very tough barrier to to go through. It's really protective. So I took that. It was supposed to be five five capsules a week. Take five, just like the other one. Take five, rest five, take five. But on the second one, on my six, on my six, uh, uh, let's say. Uh, capsule that I took uh I decided I decided no this is this is gonna kill me I it it just it was making me so antsy I was uh, I was just not sleeping it was crazy I don't know it was uh not working and so as a person of faith I um I started we started praying even more and and you know I, I felt if anybody is familiar with the Bible felt like job in the Old Testament you know somebody that was you know, a person that was a good Christian, good father, you know, a good employee. And I could not believe it. I said, why me? You you, you blessed me with five kids. And, uh, and now you give me this. You know, why? But with time, and we are year seven now. So I, with a leap of faith, uh, I I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to cleanse myself. I'm going to go through a detox. You and I are very familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I went to a naturopath, and uh, this guy explained me all about the balanced pH in our bodies. And he said to me, it's a holistic, he was a naturopath, but now they call themselves, especially doctors that went holistic to oncologists, that they they go holistic, and then now they call holistic doctors. But he explained me that all disease, all disease starts uh, with a, a body that is inflamed. Mm-hmm. And we do the best job inflaming our bodies as as, uh, as humans, especially in the U.S. I, I have to tell you, I, I did a talk in, um, in May of this year. In March, I, I, did, I always do the research. 48.7% of the United States population has one or two chronic diseases cancer, heart disease, diabetes, uh, bulimia. I mean, you, you yeah, and it, it goes up exponentially. Exponentially. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. It's, it's just really, it's really, uh, uh, you wonder what's going on. And I, I, I know that part of it is diet, the stress that we live in. We're going mm-hmm. fast all the time. And, uh, but, and you know, I, not to not to interrupt. I guess I no. am interrupting. But one of the okay. things to me is also it's expectation. 
Um, mm -hmm. Most people feel like as you get older, because this is what the the um, the advertisements tell you and the media <laughs> and everything tells you, yeah. um, is that as you get older, these are the things that are going to happen to you. And mm -hmm. so people expect those yes. things to happen. So they're not doing anything to prevent it because they just think that's part of life. Yes. And I think the beauty of your story and some of the other stories that I've heard is that, you know, you can decide no matter what's going on with you today, you can mm -hmm. decide that you're not going to put up with it anymore and you're going to do something different. And if you really focus and you get help and you do it, then you can make an astronomical difference is like the epigenetics thing, you know, exactly. just because you're, you've got this gene in your body, like your family does, mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything's going to happen. It can nothing. lay dormant till the day, you know, till you're 110 years old. It's yes. what you do in your life that actually pulls the trigger that makes it become part of your body. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, it was like, but that, that that's was one of good. my little soapbox things. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's good. I mean that we're doing this for for the audience, and um, yes. so yeah, yeah, I decided to go uh, natural, and um, and this guy explained everything about the balanced pH, and he said, Georges, if you anybody has a balance, a pH balance at seven, disease cannot even appear. And if you, the way that you are now, if you start working on that, we're going to detox you first. But if you keep keep it that way, the cancer will eventually go. Just naturally, I mean, we're talking the, the physical body, but there's additional stuff. You mentioned mm -hmm. a little bit of, of this. So I decided to do that. I went through two 21-day um, cleanses with him. So what the, kind of cleanses did you do? Uh, we did it similar to what we did. He put With me HCI? actually because I, yeah, we, okay. I was so, so thin that he said, you eat eggs? I said, well, I eat egg whites and don't, don't stop that. But everything else is going to be plant-based. We're going to have a lot of juicing. We're going to, I'm going to give you some pre and probiotics and, uh, and then, you know, for 21 days, the day that I saw him, he did a scan, non-invasive. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even FDA approved. He got it from Switzerland, I believe, or Germany. And uh, but he said, you know what? I have to do this because people cannot. And actually, this software it was almost like biofeedback. He put some okay. some cables and you know my head, and I could see in in the screen and in the software my body. My body was almost like a like a festival. Fourth of July. It was it was yellow all over the place my liver my stomach and that was the inflammation i had in the okay. body and from the chemo from being stressful and, and stressed with my, in, in you know my mother's situation my my career i i, I wanted to, to basically manage everything and uh, as one of my colleagues uh said and i actually uh quote him in my book Chris Work, another cancer survivor, and he's doing the same thing I do, and doing you know, coaching like you uh, in different areas. Um, he says that for him, cancer is a divine touch in the shoulder, in your shoulder, and that touch has a message, and that message is, George's, you must change your lifestyle because you're killing yourself. That is really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And now with epigenetics, and I'll show you what, what stuff that I'm working on, 
uh, it's um, so I realized that I had no coaches, but I did that actually meeting with this do- the doctor. I decided to I, that really made me the push to say, you know what, I'm going, I'm going natural. And then I had for a couple of days, uh, almost a week, I had friends. My wife, it's in the in the uh, medical field as an ultrasound tech and and radiology tech. Uh, I have um, doctors in my family, and and, uh, and so they just they were against it. No, 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 you're crazy, you're crazy. Don't stop. Let's stop screaming again. Do what is familiar. All mm-hmm. of us are familiarized with that. And you just mentioned something else. I'll tell you what I do with coaching uh, my clients on this. But anyway, the uh, the whole thing uh, was. Um, wow, this makes sense. So I went on, I took this journey. 21 days later, I came and we did the second scan and it was night and day. I mean, wow. it was just almost, almost, I mean, there was only a couple of spots and he said, well, now we're going to do another, another 20, uh, 21 days. You can. So did you, how much time did you have between the two cleanses? Um, uh, a week, a week, okay. a week. But he said, stay, you know, I, I didn't even, he said, you know, keep it up. The same thing is not as strenuous. The the first week, Vicky, uh, he has actually even asked me to buy some pads, like uh, like diapers, mm-hmm. but they're for your feet. And the first three, four days of my detox, when I woke up in the morning and I saw, I opened this, this diapers, let's say these pads, it was like, wow, they were basically black. And this so happens that our, our immune system, it flushes up through our feet and, and, and stuff goes out. Uh, I was impressed. I, I was like, oh my gosh. And so, um, but by, by the end of the week, it was clear. That was, it, it was motivating me. And I thought, yeah. hey, wait a minute, I think I have an alternative here. I don't want to keep leaving surgery, treatment, recurring surgery. Treatment. I was already uh, on eight surgeries by that time. And uh, so I was close to eight years. Um, and they were at the end of the, the, the most were in my brain. I had four craniotomies and two gamma knives. And there were still two um, tumors. That they just have to check because they're not operable. And uh and the gamma knife kind of stopped them, but they were there. Uh, and, you know, it's not fun to know that you have something there. Now, you know, many people are walking around and they don't know what's going on until it happens. Uh, and it could be anything, a heart attack or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, but then uh, uh, I talked to my oncologist. I was so blessed. And I say in the book that you read. Uh, these guys were all angels. I, I, his name, and he told me that I could mention it, is Lin, Lin Fon, the oncologist. And I said, Dr. Fon, I decided that I'm going to stop my treatments and I'm going to, and he goes, are you sure, Georges? He, he didn't, because I have heard now that I've done this for six years, closing to, to a, a, a hundred clients. Um, you know, our programs, I do the 90 day program. And I've done stuff with nutrition and now with the RTT, I'm going to do a little bit of hypnosis. And, and you, I know that you're a hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. After this podcast, we can talk about that. I have some questions for you. But okay. the bottom line is that he, I said, I, and he, are you sure? 
And in many cases, and I have clients, recent clients, two in California, the doctors say, well, if you decide to do that, you're on your own. Yeah, I won't I won't oh. touch you anymore. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard you, people you tell me that, that too. Yeah. Yeah. So so I said, but I would appreciate, Dr. Fun, if you can continue to do my checkups, my blood tests, my scans. And he said, sure. And if you ever, you know, if we see that, you know, you need to get back to it. And so he was very, very accommodating to to me. And again, I, I thought at that moment, mm-hmm. at that moment, in, in those days, I decided to change. My, my mindset was not why, but what for? Life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And I started to, to say, well, there might be a reason here. I'm, and I kept saying, I kept saying from the very first day, this can't be. You've blessed me with five kids, like job. But it was on God's time. And, and that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And so so I kept going. And uh, and little by little, you know, the doctor started from three months to six months to one year. And uh, in year 12, to year 10, uh, after I had my 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 last craniotomy next to where I talk. And, and uh, so they were going to do that uh, like at the dentist, local anesthesia for a while. So they could see, I mean, to make some tests. If it was not affecting my speech, it would put me to sleep and keep going with total anesthesia. But um, um, what happened then uh and I, this is this is worth saying because, like I say, I'm, I'm a person of faith. I was invited to go. This is because I opened myself. People knew that in my employees, uh, even colleagues and clients, family and friends specifically. And um, um, I, somebody invited me to a prayer group in this uh, church, St. Louis Church. Uh, you know, and I, she said that she had a dream of me and his brother, but his brother couldn't go. I said, well, Danny, Daniela, Daniela, I'll go if you invited me. She was actually embarrassed to ask me. You know, people have this, uh, some mm-hmm. sort of a fear to say, hey, I don't want to, yeah. you know, we got to change that mindset. But anyway, I went and, um, you know, I prayed with them. They gave me, uh, this is in the book. They, uh, they, and then the lady that has this, this uh, amazing talent, like Jesus mentioned, you know, he had the talent of imposition of hands. She she just came back from South uh, from Central America, Guatemala. She was doing uh, uh, what they call healing masses with a priest and a couple of nuns too. But she's a lay person, and her name was Mary of the Angels. Imagine that's oh, wow. her name. Yeah, that's a great, a, a, an amazing thing. I mean, Mary, the Mother of God. You know. Anyway. Uh, she was sick. She was. Uh, she had. She got the cold in in Guatemala, so she went, but she was in the chapel. She said, "Well, I'm going to pray for everyone," and uh, and um, and they, some. Danny has said that I was going, but she goes, well, "Look, I'm not. I'm going to be there. I don't want to get anybody sick." But she was there, and when when they were praying, I was in the front um, pew. And uh, they were singing and praising, and she comes out of the of the chapel that was attached to the main church, the main, you know. And um, she says, "Where is George? I, I need to pray for him." And so 
then he said, look, the guy there in front. And uh, so she came. I didn't see her. She came from the back and she grabbed my shoulder and says, hey, George, come uh, um, come back. Let's go back. I want to pray for you. So she started praying for me. She actually, for some way, she actually went and uh, to my head instead of my shoulders or anything and uh, started praying. She, she's, for people that are familiar with, with uh, Christianity, she started to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, what's happening? But all of a sudden, Vicky, I started to uh, kind of like cry this warm tears and I would feel this warm flow all around my body and um and so she kept going and then all of a sudden she stops and and, and you know she's holding my shoulder and she goes you you you're going through something big this week right and I was gonna be that was gonna be the surgery where they had to do it on you know uh, awake mm -hmm. and so I told her and she says come let me just pray for you a little more. And she started again. And I, I even felt stronger, this flow in my body. And I was just look, feeling that I was healing. Uh, that was from the spiritual side. And I'll tell you a second. And all. so what happened is she finishes and she goes, George, she would not, well, actually she was saying my name in Spanish, Jorge. Mm -hmm. uh, if I am not, sure that you should even go Thursday to do your and this was a Tuesday night your your surgery and because I don't ask hey please Lord you know just help George it's not he is the king of the kings so you know he's got five kids you know just heal this guy and uh and, and with a lot of strength strength and so I go forward they finish the praising and so, uh, and Daniela didn't know. She had this dream, but she didn't know. We we decided it was like surgery nine, surgery eight. And uh, why telling the friends and family? Yeah, we'll just tell the kids and that's it, you know? And so, but, you know, she mentioned and Daniela was there and, and you know, she was, oh my God, maybe that was a dream. Whatever, but she actually had asked everybody to pray for me. So again, and here, here it is. I went Wednesday. The next morning, I had to go to the hospital to get my, my all the stuff that they had to do, so they could do know where they would do the. It, it was an MRI. Mm -hmm. uh, so they do the MRI, and uh, um, so I go home. And the next, so I said, and Naomi asked me when when we went. My my wife asked me. So what are you going to do? That's uh, Tuesday night. And so I wake up in the morning and say, well, I'll pray on it. I'll sleep on it. And she said, what, what are you going to do? We have to, if you, and I said, no, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, you know, anyway. And, and you know, that's what, what let's, if, if they can take this stuff out. But what happened is we get there on Thursday morning, on Thursday morning, the, you know, pre-op. And the doctor comes in, the uh, neurologist comes in with a smile. And, and she goes, Mr. Cordoba, I have two pieces of good news for you. And and my wife and I looked at each other and, and we thought, oh, my goodness. 
He says, number one is we, we had a conference with the other major clinics and stuff, Houston, Minnesota, and, and we all conclude that we can actually, uh, you know, do the, the surgery with total anesthesia. And I thought, oh, this is, this is great. And I said, uh, and, and, and the, what's the second one? And he said, well, look, I can, all I have say, to say now is that the tumors that were not operable, they're not there. They're gone. And my wife and I, my wife started crying and I, I just said, well, I said, well, it's okay. You know, we're going to do the post-surgery to see how the surgery went and we double check. Sometimes we, there may be an error in the scan. So they went through the surgery and again, very, you know, uh, successful. I do have some scars in my head. It's okay. And um, um, so again, the surgery went well, went well. And at the end of the day, I said, oh, and the other tumors, they are gone. Wow. And then in another three months when I had, they were gone. So that was one part of, of, of stuff. We talked about the inflammation in the body. What happens for us that the disease doesn't start in the body, starts, it manifests in the body. But there's, as a nutritionist, I learned the communication between the brain through the vagus, vagus nerve and the gut. And the gut is very, very, very wise, by the way. And what happens is you could be eating the the, the best plate, what you think the, the most, uh, let's say, the healthiest plate, but only 25% of our digestion is what we eat. 75% is who we are when mm -hmm. we eat. Yep. So, and uh, the nervous system notice that through the vagus nerves. And if we are stressed in a hurry, or, or it, it's almost like if you are in a camp, you're doing a, a picnic with your, you're eating your lunch in the picnic and you see this mountain lion coming to you. You have two choices, either fight the, the lion or flight. Get the, the, get out of here. And you and Give I know your lunch it. so it won't follow yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> you, you leave it. And whatever you were eating, and we learned this in the, in the yeah. Health Coach Institute, whatever we're eating, it gets shot. There's no digestion because everything is in the mind is, you know, adrenaline, sir. And it's just, you know, blood to the legs, to the muscles so you can fly. Yeah. So, but... The interesting thing is that this parasympathetic, this sympathetic part of the system, uh, which is our fight and flight, that doesn't know if it was a mountain lion or if you had a an argument with somebody at work or you were frustrated in traffic, doesn't know. So there are tricks to actually, there are tips to do some tricks to actually uh, kind of like uh, fake that you are okay. And one mm -hmm. of them, we do it very, very seldom, is breathing, breathing with, with, before we eat. The other thing is that we eat too fast. We chew too fast. Look at the statistics we have, and almost half of the nation is sick. So why? And and, and so this is really what, what I do. I teach people how to do that. And, and on the mental side, because I was a, a, an athlete and play competition, I was in a national team in my country. Then I played here. I was in the top 50 in doubles. And I mean, it was, and played plenty of tournaments. I tried to play pro. It was visualization, mental rehearsing. Actually seeing myself winning the match, seeing myself very concentrated, not worrying about 
the 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 crowd or what they said just the focus of doing that and guess what what you tell them the mind like i told you before what you say what you visualize what you think if they're in conjunction the body the mind says hey it must be done this way so i started to do some prayers uh in imagining the holy spirit coming in through my head and and cleaning me up and then for those that are a little older the pack Pac-Man, remember the Pac-Man game? Yeah. The little creature, I would see that creature going around and, and just eating all the tumors that I could maybe have in my body. Mm-hmm. And so that helped a lot. That helped a lot. And another thing that, um, and that I teach that now, another thing that really helped me, and I think this is where uh, even melanoma now, we're learning about epigenetics and stuff, which is wonderful. We can actually, with our mind and, we can change things. We can we can actually change. Like you, you, you explained it perfectly. But with, just like that, one of the things that get us sick in is the area of um, having trouble or bad experiences with somebody. In other words, forgiveness, forgiving yes. somebody, being forgiven, and also forgiving ourselves. If we don't do that, we think, you know, that stuff is there, which is in our subconscious mind. Then you hear a song, I don't know, you watch a movie, and it triggers that again. And guess what happens? It produces cortisol, which is really what it, it, it makes us uh, inflame. Mm-hmm. You know, cortisol for certain situations, like the fight and flight is good. But if you're producing constantly this, and you're eating fast, and your your metabolism, your digestion doesn't go correct. You're, it's it's almost like a a a cycle that the, the end result is you're gonna have some sort of illness. Right. And so, uh, so my coaching is the physical body, the mental body, the spiritual body, and the emotional body. I I, I use the metaphor of the table. If you're missing one of those, or if it's really weak, you can hardly eat in there. Mm-hmm. And um, and for me, and I'm sure for you too, Vicky, this is not work. I, I'm an advocate now to let people know that, and I work on that with transformational coaching. When we, you did the uh, holistic MBA too, mm-hmm. uh, it's about making the client, the person, family, you know, start becoming familiar to other things, other alternatives. And the mind listens. The mind doesn't know if you're saying something that is true or false. It just acts. So if right. it does, if it's like that, say positive things and, and start looking at, at and this this is with exercising, you know, and and, uh, and it's working. I've, I've had some great experiences with clients. Uh, two of them decided, like me, to to stop traditional treatments, and there they are. Uh, one of them was, uh, um, she's there. I, I don't completely agree, but she didn't even want to have a surgery with, with uh, breast cancer. But, you know, like, again, uh, if if we learn, and now with, uh, I, you might be familiar with this, I'm doing rapid transformational therapy with mm-hmm. Marisa Pierce in, in, in London. Um, you know, we do some some stuff after you do the induction and and, and hypnosis. I, I was actually pretty not not comfortable with that. I, I had some myths, and it's really what it is is really being in a state state of relaxation with our nervous. You know, 
because mm-hmm. you've been practicing for a while. And it's so powerful. I ask permission because as we go through the process, I, I have a, a couple months left, <clears throat> but we cannot, they say, ah, you can go up to here and you can do this. And uh, I mean, I, I just know if the person becomes familiar with other stuff, the fear of making changes starts going away, even with oncologists. I, yeah, I've, yeah. I was in a summit with the, with two of them, a lady and 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 a gentleman that uh, doctors that went through cancer and they would they did what they knew mm-hmm. and they know the different well, chemos. You know, well, you know, there's a book that I read, um, um, "Killing Cancer, Not People." Have you read yes. that book? Okay, yeah, not not, but I heard yes. You said you have not, or you have? No, I haven't, but I've heard it, it, of it. It's it's a great book. Um, yeah. One of the things that was really eye opening to me was, um, and not to say that I'm not telling people what to do as far as if your doctor tells you to do something. I'm yeah. not saying don't do that. I'm saying you have to be your own advocate. Read the book, see what you think, and it's killing cancer, not people. And I got it on my. Uh, let's see who it is. Uh, Robert G. Wright. So anyway, in the book, he talks a lot about um, the treatments that people are under. And I know that I've read and saw so many things. So a lot of the the medical industry um, does this stuff about early detection. And that's why they do a lot of the different testing and stuff that they do. But according to the book, and uh, it's been um, a lot of the things that I've read say the same thing, that if you had the early detection um, and they saw something, they put you on treatments, your life expectancy is the same if you hadn't gotten the early detection. It just means that you got to be in the medical realm, paying them money, going through treatments, and your life was still the same length regardless it's just that part of that life you felt like shit because you were under all these treatments yes you know it's um and a lot of the treatments that people are put in um create other things and sometimes those are the things that kill them not the cancer so it's you know it's mind-boggling um but like you said you know we are programmed from very young they've got on white coats they've got a degree they're god they know more than me you know Mm -hmm. i can't question them and i will say i had a client that questioned her doctor all she did was say you know like you had said you know there's these treatments i've seen you know Mm -hmm. and i would like for us to just talk about these treatments and the doctor just got all pissed off at her. How dare you try to tell me what to do? Because I have this degree. I do this. I know this. You know nothing. Mm-hmm. And she said that in the when he first started saying this, it was like she cowed down and she said, okay, okay, okay. And she talked to me afterwards and I said, well, wait a minute. I said, doesn't he work for you? Isn't he <laughs> supposed to be taking care of you? I said, you have a right to ask questions. You have a right to say, I'm not so sure that that's for me. Let's talk about it a little bit more. I said, don't just take what he says at face value and say, okay, because ultimately Mm -hmm. if it affects you in a negative way, he doesn't pay the price for it. You do. 
So mm-hmm. she did decide to go back and question a few more things. And finally, and I, we, he, she and I talked about ways to maybe present it to him that maybe wouldn't be so um, triggering for him. And, and she did that and she was able to, she still went and did some of the treatments, but they went in together and decided what treatments mm-hmm. to do. But it was like, you know, mind boggling to me how, quickly we you know bow down to yeah exactly you're the authority you know know? yeah we lose our power Uh, yeah yeah we have uh, our best coach is our intuition but we we actually give it away this power we give it away even maybe when we're 10 years old oh no 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 listen to listen to you to the teacher the preacher listen to your uncle Mm -hmm. your dad your grandfather yeah but we do have that power that's another thing that is very important to mention is, um, well, I'm I'm not going to go there, but one thing that is very important, <laughs> one thing that is very important with the mind, mm-hmm. I, I, I was always a competitor, so I wanted to know, I really wanted to know inside out what melanoma, which was really, it, it, melanoma and pancreas are the most aggressive cancers, and um, uh, basically, uh, I asked this doctor that I, that is a friend of the family. We grew up together. Another, another tennis player. I said, "Why don't you come home before the kids get here and uh, get into the New England School of Medicine and and read about my, what my opponent is once when it went once it went the Mets went to the brain." So he came. And uh, so, you know, I had my laptop ready and he went in, he started looking at some articles and reading and him, him also being from the Mediterranean Italian uh, descendant, he's six, four, <laughs> he started dropping a few tears and I go, what, what's going on? Let me read it. And so um, I, I, I read it and, and what is said. And at that time, another person also was diagnosed in the brain, a politician, uh, Senator Kennedy, and he lasted six months. He he didn't make it. And so I started, by the way, having some survival's guilt because, you know, I'm, I kept thinking, wow. Anyway, for my situation, it was 4% chance of survival. Wow. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and Stefano, his name is Stefano, Stephen, um uh he got up and i got up because i sat down and i said stefano i want you to answer one question for me why can i be one of those four why can't i be one of those four statistics yeah five years no why can't and so he actually gave me a hug and said well you see george it it is and he calls me jorge because uh, we grew up in spanish but he did say that's why you are will be one this. of the if, four. If I if, if I if I was you, I'd probably die of fear of anxiety. <laughs> That's why you know God knows who to give you give the uh, the challenge <laughs> to. So we laughed about it, and actually in the in in my second, we'll talk about the book when you want to. But in in the little edition I I did, it's just one of the things was that I added more credits. And he was one. I asked him, and he said, he said that he proved all of them wrong, all the doctors wrong. 
Nice, and he told nice. me, and he said, George, go, Jorge, go, and talk to Dr. Fun and thank him. And actually, for Dr. Fun, and listen to this, you are a trophy. You are a trophy. You, you, he's going to showcase you. Obviously, because they want to say, look, you know, we helped George's survive. And, um, but on year eight, like I say, almost eight years, I, and, and he agreed. And then four years after, um, after, you know, my treatments and stuff, we stopped and I stopped going, I stopped going to, uh, you know, scans and stuff. I knew I was, I was healed. I don't like the word remission. I'm healed. Yeah. I'm yeah. You either like are you or you're not. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To me, remission feels like, well, it's in my back pocket it's, trying it's to get psychology. out. <laughs> yeah. It's your psychology. And, and many people, many people hear, well, it's good to ask the, the, the doctor. Like I say, he's your employee. So I do have a, a questionnaire that actually it was it was made by by Chris Ward. Um, and I asked him if I could use it. He said, of course. But no, but not many people use it. That tells you the psychology of things. Take this question or print it out and go and ask your oncology doctor. How many people with this treatment? How many people are already five years later with the, leaving five years later, or ten years later? And in know? what condition are they living? And That's another thing. What is their quality yeah. of life after exactly. this? Exactly, exactly. That's one. The other one is doctor. Is it? And I, I'm, you know, I have to say it, but it's okay. I was mm -hmm. scared before this doctor about this. Is it true? that you get the chemos at wholesale and, and you guys charge the client uh, with a profit. But who does has the, you know, the, the, the strength to ask that, but yeah. it's true. And it's oh. because they don't want to, like the lady I was telling you about the, one of the reasons why she cowed down was because she said he was her doctor. She didn't want to make him mad. Yeah. You know? And you, yeah. And, and, I'm, and, and, and mind you, I, these guys are, are doing what they learn and, and they are really helping, trying to help you heal. Mm -hmm. We are the ones that think they're God and, and we just lose our power. Yeah. Another thing that is important for people that are going to any chronic disease, we, I work with, with cancers. That's what I help uh, folks that are, you know, either actually sometimes a caregiver wants to do the coaching to prevent it. Because it's pretty much the common denominator is stress, stop this, eating fast. But one thing that is very important with any disease is your attitude. Don't assume that I'm a patient attitude. I'm going to go home and, and just wait for the next uh, the next uh, doctor's appointment and see what mm -hmm. he says, what the results. If you do that, it's like in any philosophy, but I say it as a Christian, it's like faith without action right. and uh it, it you know faith without action is said in in in, in our in our uh faith in, in, in for christians is dead as james says yeah don't he says be careful do not deceive yourself show me your faith with action so but if you see it as yourself take action god is not going to give you a magic wand take action look around be confident mm -hmm. faith is the certainty of what you want so that's what I did. And I learned a lot about uh, this stuff too with another competitor, way more successful than me, Lance Armstrong, the mm -hmm. cyclist, you know, regardless yeah. of what happens to him afterwards. But he did have cancer and he took ownership of that. 
Yeah, he, he still the power to anybody. He still competed big time and did yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but what what he said, and I really I remember this. Do not give the power to the doctor. You have the power. You are you are the yeah. guy that has to or the yeah. lady. And the thing too to me is don't don't take ownership of the diagnosis because exactly. you know a lot of people as soon as they hear that suddenly all the downloads of all the people that have had cancer and all the things that they've heard about cancer they just internalize it and mm-hmm. um and you know and, it, and it's funny to me some well funny is not the right word but you know people i've had people say well i don't manifest anything i try and i try and i say oh no no you're manifesting all the time you you're just not doing it on purpose and so everything you got you've manifested so you know it's like mm-hmm. taking that that whole thing of the cancer diagnosis and everything putting it into a little ball and saying, Hey, I don't have to, you know, adopt all of the attitudes and everything that people have about cancer. That is a great, a great tip. And what you said is a great tip. Don't own it. Mm -hmm. You know, if uh, again, it's like the mind, I I teach my clients to talk in the present sense. Yes. I will be, because if you say I would be cure, uh, let's say in nine months, you are accepting mentally that you're not cured yet. You have to talk, I'm cured. It's like you want to get a promotion in a job. You have to act like you are already in that position. This is the same thing. I am cured. I'm thankful for my mm-hmm. my health and stuff like that. So, and you know what, what happens is in the beginning, your ego is saying, oh, come on, you don't believe that because yeah. we are familiar with the other stuff. No, come on. And you and so I tell him practice is everything. The the mind learns by by practice, repetition. Yes. yes. So it comes to a point that you start feeling this. The the mind is actually working on that. If you are certain of that, I tell him, you I guarantee you, whether you stop your traditional stuff or not, that sooner or later the doctors are gonna say, I don't know what's happening. We're gonna reduce the but whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Right. And I and the, and the best thing is oncologists doing and uh, sharing their testimony because they realize that you know um, there are other alternatives. I tell my clients, look, if you're gonna continue with this stuff, that's okay, but this is going to maintain your immune system stronger and it's gonna help this other stuff. And speaking of the mind, if you receive whatever treatment you're receiving and you go home and you're waiting for the side effect, you're doing it the wrong way. That's right. From the moment that you're receiving it, close your eyes and say, talk to your cancer cells and say, Hey, take this and Mm -hmm. you good cells stay strong because you know that chemo hurts both in the mind does it. You have to really be certain and be coached because we, we need help on this stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that HCI says that I tell all of my clients is small hinges swing big doors. It's the little yes. things that we oh, do yeah. all the time. And I just did a, um, a live on Instagram just the other day, and it's about keeping our word to ourselves because when mm-hmm. we are constantly telling ourselves we're going to do something and then we don't do it, our subconscious is learning. Hey, she's not mm-hmm. good. You know, don't even listen to her, you know? And so it's, little baby steps of teaching our subconscious that you, what you say you mean, 
And then when you something like this happens and you start saying my cells are healthy, you know, I feel good and everything, it's going to believe you. And yeah. it's going to help you make that true mm-hmm. um, because what a lot of people do is like if they decide they're going to go on a diet um, and then they're going to start getting healthy, they say, I'm going to never eat sugar again. I'm not yeah. going to do this ever again. And I'm going to work out five times a week. Well, then when they don't do it, you know, that's just one more little thing that has mm-hmm. solidified that, you know, they'll listen to her. Um, yeah. So the um to me that has been very powerful in my life you know um i've never had a cancer diagnosis but even other things that mm-hmm. i have attempted to do i can tell a difference yeah if i've been keeping my word to myself and when i haven't it's it's very powerful yeah you know it's uh it, and you just is something that is right now great great uh conversation you know mm-hmm. you're creating some stuff that brings me up to, uh, certain things uh about ownership and things right now the true pandemic in the world is cancer one of two women are supposed are going to have an experience one of two with mm-hmm. cancer and one of three men and the reason especially in the u.s the, the question is why how can we prevent that and that's my advocacy and um but but the, the the whole point is how can I prevent it? And and it takes a lot, it's gonna take a lot of discipline to stay to kind of like step out of this, let's say, electric escalator of society, the mainstream, the the media giving you all these messages that are not right. They're not just they're they're completely not good for you. So learning to step out of this. Uh, electric uh, uh, escalator and and take take the steps and and take a pit stop and say what do I need to do what is really what what is going to help me what kind of fuel I put to my Ferrari uh, we have a, a much much better design than a Ferrari if you do Formula One how you you're not going to put the wrong gas to a Ferrari this start by giving ourselves you know the right nutrients. It doesn't have to be plant-based anyway, by the way. I, I can tell you, you you need to, if you are going to do that, you need to do it like I did, maybe two months, three months, and then balance your diet. And what I teach my clients, I give them a chart, and I have I created an ebook for the balanced pH based on what I learned, and I read other books, mm-hmm. and I give it away. I, I'm going to send you one. Okay. And I give them a table where it shows the the nutrients that are you know the foods that are acidic and the foods that are alkaline mm-hmm. and the trick here is to combine them if you're going right. to have a red meat for for lunch have it with asparagus and with a salad which is extremely alkaline right. the red meat is it's a little acidic so you balance your plate so part of what i do now in in my protocol is teach my clients how to create balanced ph plates mm-hmm. meals and um, so th- there is a trick with, in there that's uh, something that, that no, nobody taught us this. And it seems to me that there is an agenda, uh, yeah, a, a sick agenda to make yeah. it. Well, know, let's this. let's face it. If cancer was cured tomorrow, the yeah. amount of people that would be out of business and all these big corporations and foundations and everything you know, would have nothing. Um, So it's a very 
economical yes. um, thing in our country to have it fed. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, so, and if I can know, share real quick, I yes. had um, I had a client that um, actually we were talking about coaching and she was really interested in coaching and she had been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Um, and when she found it, it was stage four. Um, so it was, you know, pretty advanced. And so I talked to her a little bit and I even had some of the litmus papers and I did her alkaline acidic test. And she was very acidic. I mean, very acidic. So I talked to her about, you know, I said, just for now, I said, you've really got to eliminate the sugar. You've got to, and I gave her a list of things that were more alkaline foods and the things that were creating some of this stress in her body. And I said, right now, you're going to have to be more aggressive with this than you would have, you know, six months or a year ago. But Mm -hmm. now, you know, these are the things you've got to do. And she was all gung-ho for it for about a week. And then it was like her support system that she had poo-pooed it. You know, it was like, Mm -hmm. well, that doesn't make any sense here. I've got some candy here. Let's eat some candy. Let's do this. Let's go get a pizza. You know, it was like they did not want, they didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she was like, well... I really feel like I need to be with my support system. And she's deceased now. She died with breast cancer. Wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, but, you know, and I don't know if if she had done this, if she would have still be alive today. I have no way of knowing. I just know that the best chance she had at that moment was to take some aggressive steps to see if she could get that to uh, start moving out of her body, um, start getting not as aggressive. I mean, um, and in my opinion, the way I look at things sometimes is if you can stop it where it's at and it doesn't get worse, mm-hmm. it's a bonus, you know? And mm. what if you could get it to, you know, get a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less. But um, that was a very heartbreaking time for me because I felt like, You know, she had all of these things that she could have done to try to make things improve, Mm -hmm. but because none of her support system would um, back her on that, they kind of made her feel, you know, and I hope none of them see this because they're going to be upset with me, but, (laughs) but um, if, if, if they had um, made it where they felt like, you know, I guess what I'm saying is if you are dealing with somebody that has cancer and they make a decision that they want to try something or do something different, back them up and say, Hey, I'm with you. I'll help you. What Mm -hmm. do you need me to do? Because you don't know that might be the one thing that prolongs their life exponentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was my real reason for, for saying that, because, you know, a lot of people, they, if it's not something they're accustomed to, they, you know, they, they won't um, yes. support the they person support in those. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's really yeah. important. Like you yeah. had family and friends and, you know, and yeah. all that supported you when you made that decision. Um, yeah. And that was what made a huge difference in you being able to go through that and, and, and survive. And, and, yeah. And still, 
being human beings and 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 program the other the other way i had to pray and and kind of like put a uh, protect myself before i would leave the house because people would say hey georges how are you you know how been how you been doing have faith you know you you know so that is really bad energy you know yeah, they, they, yeah. they're actually taking your fears into you so i would have to protect myself i would say hey i'm great how how are you yeah and they would be surprised of my attitude because like i say it takes strength to to yeah, not yeah. Uh, get self-sabotage or especially sabotage by friends which is what you described a second ago um they it's almost like they they just don't understand it or it doesn't have to be cancer well anything like you're in a diet and you're doing great oh come on or yeah. or you one, yourself one piece of cake won't hurt exactly exactly yeah <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah. um so go ahead and I'm, um if you've got something you want to add right now go ahead and add that but if not go ahead and show us your book i'll show my copy because i've got a i've got an old timey copy the original you got i've got the original, the original copy right yeah. here <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I have to, uh, what is it here? Let me see, because I have a background, but they might see it. Can you see it? Yes, I can see it. Good. Okay. Yes. The, 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 new, the new title is Beating the Odds, and the subtitle is My Journey Through Holistic Health to Overcome Advanced Cancer. When uh, there was, I, I was giving a talk in Phoenix, and uh, there was a publisher there from Arizona, from Phoenix, and he bought the book and two year, two days, two weeks later, I received a call from him. I have my information in the book uh, saying that, that he was surprised. He was, had a lot of potential, helped a lot of people. If, uh, you know, but two things, he said, you get a change. The title, add, add the introduction, a couple things, more credits and change the, the, the cover. So I did that and uh, I launched the self-published. And he became bestseller the first day. Oh, wow. And, yeah, Congratulations. It was, uh, it, was, it was January 26, 20, 1921. And then I launched it in 2021. Spanish. 2021. 2021. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it, and You're then, not that it, old. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Yeah, no, I am, but I take care of myself. <laughs> Epigenetics. <laughs> <laughs> but you know and then and then in april i i launched it in spanish it's my first language and it became also a bestseller in uh oh, in how one day exciting and that almost made a midnight almost it was 11 some i received an email by amazon say hey congratulations what i want to say is that with this with the book uh last year without promoting it without promote the book the Spanish book sold fifteen hundred books. People are looking for it. I mean, we live in a, in a, in the United States, but the Spa the English one sold a little over three thousand books without promotion. It's just people referrals or somebody's reading mm -hmm. on an airplane and stuff like that. And uh, and it, I will just... be putting a, a link to your book so people can. Okay. Is it on Kindle as well? Yeah, thank you. They can get it on Kindle. They okay. can get a paperback, and 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 then um, probably in August, late August, it will be the audiobook as well. Oh, wonderful! So, so what can... I'll do is I'll be putting the links that you have, and then when that comes out, I can yeah. go back to this and add that in, so that people that see this later than that will actually have that link in there too. Awesome. 
Yeah. The other thing, as you and I do, uh, we'll have the information. They can go to my website and 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 schedule a content uh, discovery session completely free. So we can, you know, the person can meet me. We could talk a little bit. They're going to learn a lot of stuff like probably they learned today, whether we work together or not. And finally, because this disease hits everyone, it is not doesn't have any prejudice, anyone, rich, poor, whatever ethnic group you are. I decided to do my coaching also via an online course. It's not three months. It's a little shorter. Well, it could be longer because you go at your pace. But the idea is coming up either this week, I'm going to launch it, or either or, or next week is being audited now by mm -hmm. the host company to see, make sure that there's nothing, you know, foul language or whatever. And um, and then once it's live, uh, people that purchase the, the, the course will be able to talk to me once a week in a QA session, live use uh, session, mm -hmm. obviously at two o'clock mountain time. And that's going to help because the, the, the price is very, you know, it's affordable because I, I found through my six years, almost now coaching will be six in October um, that many people can't afford it, especially if they're having all this uh, bills, medical bills mm -hmm. already, you know, because yeah, the financial, the financial uh, weight is yeah. huge, especially it's if they don't have like a lot of the, the treatments. It sounded like a lot of the treatments that you had were not covered by insurance. Yeah, a cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. They, the GNCSF was not. Yeah. Uh, we we really we had to. Uh, if you get a well, you read the book, but for us it was a financial tsunami. We had to uh, lower our obviously our lifestyle. We have to uh, tapping into our four hundred one ks. The the stuff that we have saved for the for the kids to go to college. You know, it was. And that really also adds to the stress and, and mm -hmm. all the stuff that you don't need to have. Right. Uh, one thing that I want to leave everybody uh, with is healing, my friends, cannot happen happen at all if you are even a little bit stressed. Healing happens where you are relaxed, where you are in peace. And there are ways to do that. Society, almost this this noisy society it seems impossible, but it can be done. You have the time. You have the time. Nobody's putting a a gun in your brain that that you know in your head for you to go. Uh, uh, you know, all right. It's eight o'clock. I'm out, and and I have to do all these things. Do your things for yourself first, even if it's ten minutes. Practice. Then you do it twenty minutes. You start getting the hang of it, and you doing yourself. Every time you do that, you adding time in your life. And remember this, we all want to go to heaven, but not today. Right. If we have a purpose in our lives, let's take care of this Ferrari. We have a, a, a machine that we can actually, the four legs of the table, work on that stuff. It's not hard. The spirituality doesn't have to be religion. It could be the mountain that you see behind in, in, my, in my, it could be the ocean. It could be a beautiful tree. It could be a, a friend that you see, uh, you know, and you just embrace with them. Uh, so that's spirituality. And obviously, if you have faith that there's something bigger than us, uh, tap into it and take action with that. What you said about people asking and not receiving, I have a chapter in the book uh, about that. What we ask for is given to us if it's not going to be harmful for us. We are the ones 
the the block what we ask for. You know why? Because we don't feel worth receiving, which is have something. How many times a day or a, a year do we compliment ourselves? Go no no no. We do that. We're gonna think they're gonna think we're narcissists. No, compliment yourself. Compliment. You know, give yourself. You know, up in the back when you when you reach a goal. When when you know when you do something good. We don't, again, it's practice. It's a mindset where we are not familiar to doing that. You know, hey, you know, Vicky, you did great this week. You helped so many people. You, And the more you're thankful about something, about your health, the more you get up. It's a universal law. I don't care if you're Hindu, you know, just Hebrew, Buddhist, Christian, whatever. It's a universal law. And when you are open to receive, and somebody from the heart, no agenda, is giving, is willing to give you, that's where miracles happen. Look at Jesus, even if you're not a Christian, follow him, read his miracles, and you'll see what he said all the time. He said, whatever, you know, let's say it's a, it's a brother, sister, your faith mm-hmm. has healed you. I didn't heal, yes. I'm not that like that. Your faith has healed you. You were open to receive. You came and asked me and I gave you. And that's where the miracle happens. But what happens to us humans, most of us, we have a harder time receiving. It's easier to give. But when you allow people to love you, receive, receive somebody, that's how miracles happen. That's pretty much what I wanted to share at the end. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. Perfect. That's wonderful. Wonderful advice. And um, um, breaking it down into um, little bite-sized pieces so people can can grasp it a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I am so excited that I was able to have this conversation with you again. I think it went a little farther than it did last time, but I am so excited excited and um i i want to get your your newest edition of your book and um and read that as well but um for anybody that um is is watching this or listening um i will have all of george's information um in the comments and the description um, wherever the you are watching or listening to this. So just make sure you look. And I'll also be putting some information there about me. You can find me on um, these different platforms with the Spotify, the iTunes, Amazon, YouTube. Um, you can find me on Facebook as The Enlightened Peach and on Instagram, The underscore Enlightened underscore Peach. And then you can always reach out to me as in an email, and that is um, theenlightenedpeach at gmail.com. And I would be happy to have a conversation with anyone who would like to talk a little bit more about um, all these things, about um, health and longevity and, and loving yourself. But um, I do have a program that I'm working on right now, will be out really soon. And it is a lot about how we tend to um, be so ultra critical of ourselves, especially women are so critical of their bodies. And if they don't look like what this person does on Instagram, and there's that's the reason why these filter things have become so big because people don't even want to show up as themselves. Um, and so it's it's all about embracing who you are, um, learning to be the healthiest self you can be and loving yourself and 
showing that out to the world. And so I will be posting a link to that. And um, so do you have any last thing you want to say or do you feel like you're good? Just just one last thing. Okay. You, because of what you just said, this, mm -hmm. this flowed very well. Think about this. People are looking for happiness. And then when they get to what they thought it was going to be happiness, they want something more. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they never really get to be happy. And the reason why is we have to understand that we're, instead of comparing, that we are enough. So I'd leave you with this. You are enough. Repeat that tonight. I'm enough. I'm enough. And you're going to stop actually autom almost automatically stop this, 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 you know, will that yes. it, it makes you like, well, when do I, you get a, the car that you wanted and a year later you want another car and now you want to have the body of that, like you said, of this model. And, and no, we are enough. We were created in the image of God. You are enough. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's pretty much it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And one thing I would Thank invite you. everybody to do because of some of the things that Georgia said is that tonight before you go to bed, I want you to make a note of five things that you're grateful about who you are and mm -hmm. then do that every single day and um, your life will change. You agree yes. with that, George? I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, yes. All definitely. right. So that's your task. Everybody that's here and um, change your life. Thank you so much again for inviting me. And uh, I hope uh, this will help many people. Well, I hope so. And I'm sure it will. So anybody that's watching, make sure you like, comment, share, whatever you can to get this message out to the masses even more. So thank you so yeah. much. Thank you.